Hello and welcome to the Government Ops Podcast. I'm Rob Anderson, City Manager of the City of Fairborn. And I'm Megan Howard, Communications Manager for the City of Fairborn, and we are the hosts of the Government Ops Podcast. So you may ask yourself, what is the Government Ops Podcast? And really, it's trying to give everybody an overview of the different city departments, uh, what those departments do, what programs we offer, what services we have here. Uh, We're really excited to have folks understand and learn what we do as employees. I think there's a lot of questions that we get about our operations and what uh, what exactly we're doing at times. Uh, Some of those are positive questions, some are a little different, but uh, we want to really excited to share kind of not only the departments, but also the people that we have, uh, the wonderful folks that do everything on a daily basis. So if uh, you're ready for this. I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, So let's get this episode going. Hello, and welcome to the Government Ops Podcast. I'm Rob Anderson, City Manager for the City of Fairborn. And I'm Megan Howard, Communications Manager for the City of Fairborn. And this is episode number three. We're going to talk about a topic that I used to cover when we used to talk about the City Manager's Office, and that's communications. I felt like given that it's such an important topic, it needed its own podcast. Yeah. So we're talking with Megan, just Megan and I today, to talk about communications. So I'm going to Try to do this in an interview format and ask you questions and let you expound on those. We can make it more to. conversational. We can make it more conversational too. <laughs> so let's start with just basically what an introduction to communications. Kind of what do we consider communications and how is that important for local government? So I would say, you know, we consider any form of communication with the public. So any any news and information that we need to make sure the public Uh, has before them uh, is a means of communication for us. And, you know, as a local government, it's important that we do that so that we can keep them uh, updated on, you know, emergencies, events that are coming up, and just even the basic services that we provide that they need to be aware of. Is it fair to say, uh, this is a belief of mine, but you can certainly, you're the expert, so prove me wrong if I need to be. I break down communications in almost two different channels. There's one channel, which is critical communication, so what people need to know in more of a timely fashion. And then the other channel to me is how we tell our story. So it's almost a marketing uh, angle to what we do. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think, you know, when when we first started talking about uh, communications, use the term, there's stuff that, you know, is carrying the mail. You've got to just do those daily things that, that, as a citizen, we, we have to do. Sure. And, you know, then there's other, other pieces to communicate the, to the broader scope of who we are and why we do what we do. Sure. Okay. That makes sense. I think it's, uh, I would say, and I'm biased, we do probably a better job than most, I think, of doing both forms of those communications, I think. Right. I mean, I'm biased too. Right. I, <laughs> but I think we do a good job of letting people know what they need to know. Yeah. But also we do a good job of telling our story and getting the Stuff that we're, we're, I mean, it's actually part of economic development. If you want to build on our last episode, what we say to people is kind of indicative of what we believe and that draws them to us. Yeah. And, you know, until I started working here, I never saw communication from a government perspective as a important. Right. um, Other than, you know, federal or state. Um, And really even as a part of the economic development process. Right. But it really is because, you know, we are the sounding board uh, for the people, but we are also the communication piece to, uh, again, the broader area of this is who we are. This is what we have to offer. Uh, These are the things that you can do. So if you're a local uh, business or if you're a corporation looking to come into a community and, and you see, you know, just even our our communication form and social media, you know, just all the things that we have going on. If we never communicate that, they're not going to know that it's even here. That's right. Um, you know, so, I mean, it's really important that, that we tell our story, not just the history of our story, but, you right. know, the, the present and future of, of where we are and where we're going so that we can attract new residents, new right. businesses uh, and new visitors. And there's a marketing aspect of it, right? I mean, yeah. so I think that's what we're talking about. So it's kind of a marketing piece. Right. Because we also hold events, those need to be marketed. There's some advertising that goes along with that. So it's a really a big, it's a a whole lot of different things that we do, right? Yeah. It's like uh, a good, you know, basket of, you know, it's like a fruit basket, right? I mean, you've got all these different fruits in there that have to be communicated and it just depends on the day and what needs to be communicated that day. Um, And you just pick one out and and run with it. That's a great analogy, actually. So let's talk about what our 
strategy is for communications? What would you say really are some of the things that we try to do with our communications? So one of the things that I love about social media, because social media is one of our primary forms of that, that strategy, right. is it gives us an opportunity to communicate directly with the citizens. And, you know, when we post something and they can comment back, we have an opportunity to respond back to them. Right. Um, and really, depending on what platform it is, we can directly contact or you know, communicate with them um, or vice versa. And so it's it's really important to me that that we are engaging as a part of our strategy. Sure. And, you know, because if we're not engaging, the citizens aren't going to feel comfortable enough to ask us questions. And, you know, that's just going to frustrate them. And so to be able to be in that you know, business to customer relationship is really important because uh, that builds trust, that builds um, kind of cohesiveness within not only an organization, but also the customer, consumer, um, and community that we're a part of. That's excellent. That's a great explanation. I want to cover a topic that we should have done. Maybe you can add this back into the beginning, but let's talk about your background. Yeah. Um, you're not just making this stuff up, right? I mean, this is <laughs> uh, communication and social media are your expertise. You want to talk about your yeah. Any of your background on what brought you to Fairborn? So I actually uh, came out of the ministry right. and was a pastor for about 20 years. So I have a speaking aspect of my communication background. But in the process, I did my doctorate on the uh, ability for a church to leverage social media to tell their story and tell the gospel. And so social media at a base level, it's all the same. Right. You know, the goal is to tell a story and communicate a message, whether that's, you know, a, a local business or a small business, a church or a government. You know, the, right. the goal is the same. And so, you know, when you go through that process, it's you learn a lot. And and so there was this huge focus on the church. And so when I started working here, I started doing the, the social media right. kind of contracted and then the position opened up and I applied for it. And um there was so much that I didn't know outside of social media, though, sure. that I thought I need to figure this out. So I went and got my master's in strategic communications, which is where that that added piece really helped and, and gave me a, a better understanding of, of how to do some of the other things that I felt I was lacking. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, so it's I have a lot of communication. I like to communicate. Um, I'm an introvert that likes to communicate behind a desk, but <laughs> we'll say off camera. How about off that? camera? We'll there you go. Camera. It's funny. I've had conversations with a couple of our neighboring uh, communities, man city managers who have recently hired communications people. Mm -hmm. I think one of which for the first time, they've never had a communications yeah. person and they were really talking about how important that position is and how it's really helped them uh, just get the, the word out and get the story out. I thought it was funny though, because your story is very similar to theirs. They had worked in communications and done communications, but didn't know the government aspect of it. So there's a learning curve involved when you come oh, in huge. board, because what you think you know about the city isn't necessarily what you know about the city. No, I mean, I've learned more in the last three years just about how local government works. I mean, it, you learn that in high school with, you know, government classes. Right, but, right. you know, when you're working in it, there's so many things that make more sense. You know, right. why certain processes happen and how things evolve, which for me, I mean, I. I kind of have to know a base level for a lot of the departments or all the departments in order to communicate to the citizens if they have a question. And, sure. and so having that understanding really helps a lot. That also saves time. So I don't have to call or email or <laughs> walk into somebody's office and say, how do you want me to answer this question? Sure. So it allows me to understand it. But yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot when you're not in this world that you have to learn and you've, you've got to kind of get to that, to that point where, I mean, three years now, and I, I feel comfortable enough answering certain questions without, you know, running to people, but sure. you start throwing those acronyms at me again. And <laughs> I got to ask somebody what they mean. Well, and there's always going to be these one-off things that happen that right. you, nobody's ever experienced before that we have to somehow figure out a strategy to communicate this to people. Right. And I, and I think it's, for me, I have a little bit more grace and understanding for the citizens when they have a question and may not know the answer because I, I'm right there. You know, sure. I, I, I get it. I, I get why it doesn't make you know sense or this is the process because if you're not in this, it it does confuse you or it doesn't make any sense. And, and so I think for me, it helps it helps clear things up a little bit in such a way that 
it's not necessarily a dumbing down because I don't want it to sound that way, but it's a, a clarifying our message and how we communicate to the citizens because we can can get in government speak or, you know, That's even right. in the church, you know, we talked about this is church speak. Right. You know, the person on the outside doesn't understand what these certain terms mean. And so it's it's being able to almost translate our information to uh, the community in such a way that says, OK, here, this is why we're doing it this way. And. You know, I'm sure there's moments when we could do it a little bit better and communicate it more clearly, but um, we're getting there. And I think it's like you said, it's really just simplifying the message to really cut out all of the unnecessary things that the public doesn't necessarily need to know. And I'm not saying that we're hiding anything, just there's some details that aren't important to what we're trying to convey. Yeah. And if they want to know the details, we'll be Be happy happy. to share the the details, but sometimes they're long, arduous and boring. Um, Right. Right. One of the things that I wanted to do when I took over was, and it's my philosophy just in my management style, is I don't know that many communities tell their story well. So one of the things that I wanted to do when I took over was to identify where some of those people are and try to meet them there. And probably the biggest form of communication that we've improved is really our social media presence. Um, Talk a little bit about like our different forms of social media and what are the strategies around each one of those? Let's start with Facebook, which seems to be probably one of the most used or yeah. was at one point the most used. It still is. I mean, Facebook is still the biggest platform out there. And I think I haven't looked at the statistics for this year, but, you know, if, if we're looking at Facebook as a country, it's like the third largest country in the world right. with all the people. I mean, so it's still kind of the one that most organizations leverage the most. Right. And so that's the one that we kind of. We make sure out of all of the ones that we're on that we leverage and it is good and bad, right? I mean, of course, <laughs> everything's on, everything's on Facebook. And, and I think, you know, one of the strategies that I use is, is to really make sure that as much as we can, again, back, back to the engaging aspect, right. you know, but we use that for event promotions. I mean, right now we're running an, an ad for recruitment And I mean, so there are so many different things, whether it's emergencies, because Facebook has the ability to do a local alert for emergency purposes now, just for a targeted area, you know, so, I mean, it really encompasses all forms of communication that we can do. And so it's kind of a one-stop shop, which is what they want, you know, they want it to be that. So, um, I mean, it is our primary focus that if I want to reach the most people within our community, we're going to hit Facebook first. And I feel like maybe this was a surprise to me and it shouldn't have been, but I feel like the, I should say the majority, a lot of people in our community, that's their number one source of any type of information. Right. Not just city information. I think information in general is is how I, I guess the surprising thing that I noticed in engaging in that medium. Yeah. You know, and we have some community groups that uh, we do monitor. Um, We're not active necessarily on them, but, you know, as even individuals and as a city per se, you know, I do monitor some of those things, not all the time, but, you know, so I think, you know, people do get their, their communication, whether it's friends, family, uh, world news, national news, sports news, and local news. I mean, that's, that's kind of where they go. And, and if it's, if you're not on there, I mean, you are missing a huge aspect of, of the community. Sure. Um, Again, I, I respect Everybody that's not on Facebook, because again, that's a personal choice. But um, you know, it is it is a significant part of of who we are as a communication. And really, the interesting thing that I did when I took over before you came on board, which was I think I was a manager maybe almost a year before mm-hmm. I brought you on board. The interesting thing that I noticed, I used to do these Facebook lives, yeah. and the most memorable one I think I've uh, that comes to mind when we talk about this is. We had a local Chinese restaurant that was going out of business. Oh, no, they sold their property to a fast food restaurant. And the folks that owned it wanted to retire. They got a good price for their, their property. They took that and made that their retirement and they closed the restaurant. You would have thought on Facebook particularly that the city condemned that business and pushed those people out. So one of the first Facebook lives I did is I went to the parking lot of that <laughs> establishment <laughs> and I talked about the truth and yeah. I, I laid the truth out there. To me, I think that's been, and I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm saying this because I think this is what happened from that. Once we started as the city to get 
to make responses to some of the things that we were seeing, mm-hmm. it changed the narrative of what was right. happening on Facebook. Talk a little bit about what you've noticed in just the few years you've done it. So, you know, I think, and what I appreciated most about when you started doing that was it put a face to the platform. Right. You know, because so often we can get caught in this screen mode. Right. But when you see an actual person, I mean, that that kind of brings it to a dead stop. And it's, oh, that's right. There is somebody on this other side of, yeah. of the screen and the camera. And so, you know, I think it allows for more transparency. And so the more transparent we can be, the more trust is built. Right. You know, and, and we fall in line with, you know, when people don't trust larger government. It trickles down Absolutely. down to us. And so we have to build that trust. And that's that's one of the reasons why I'll ask goofy questions sometimes. Sure. They have zero to do with government and more just about personality. Like I think I did one about peeps during, you know, Easter. Right. You know, do you like them or do you hate them? And it has zero to do with anything that we're gonna do on a day-to-day basis. Right. But it's just fun. And you know, it just allows a little bit of transparentness from the fact that we're human. Right. You know, we just like to have fun and it's okay and, and life should be fun. And we're not always serious. We're not always governmental. Right. And it's it's okay to just kind of tear some of the, those walls down for a bit and, and, and do that. And we've had some pushback on oh, absolutely. some of that fun stuff, right? I mean, there are some folks that feel like we should be this sterile, yeah. uh, just, just the facts, ma'am, kind of uh, right. approach. And we don't take that approach. And I think that's what st- sets us apart and makes us unique. And I think our residents really like that, yeah. um, save for a handful that don't like anything. Correct. Right. You know, and, and I think if you look at, I think we have just shy of maybe 10,000 people who follow us. Right. Um, or who like us, however you want to look at it. Which that's, you know, a third. That's right. You know, just under a third of our population. Um, you know, and so for a handful of those nine to 10,000 people to get upset, right? you know, that's okay. And we're zero zero one percent. Yeah, of our I mean, we a, can't make everybody happy, and um, which is hard to, to swallow sometimes. Sure. But you know, to understand that by asking people to post a picture of their dog on National Dog Day, sure. You know, there's so much negativity out there that if if we can brighten somebody's day just a little bit, then then I'm going to do it. Well, and let's be honest. I mean, we really want to try to make keep the engagement. We joke about that a lot, right. but I think getting making frequent posts that people mm-hmm. can respond to helps keep us relevant and helps people uh, really see more of our stuff. Is that, I don't know the, the yeah. analytics, but there's a so method to that madness. Right? There, there is. And you know, that's kind of the hidden, the hidden side of it. Um, mm-hmm. not to get too much in the weeds or too nerdy on you, but you know, the way Facebook's algorithm works is the more the, the community will engage with us, the more they see our, communication. And it's not, it's not because I want them, you know, to see everything we do, but I want them to see the emergency when it happens. You know, if if there is something that is occurring, I want to make sure that they're engaging with us in a frequent enough basis that when I post something that is of immediate necessity, that they can see it and access it rather than seeing it two days later. So, I mean, if, if they have, you know, our notifications on, if they have um, you know, us in there, you know, primary, you know, see us in your newsfeed, they're going to get those, those forms of communication. And really we've, let's talk a little just briefly about, we've changed, I should say, because of that, the sentiment that we've had from people on Facebook has really done a complete turnaround. I would say when, when I was, you know, first taking over before we started doing some of these engagement things, if somebody made a negative post about the city, it was a free-for-all. People right. would try to pile on, and it would get kind of ugly. After you started doing more of the posts that you're talking about and being a little more visible, we started to see there was a couple of people that would say, well, wait a minute. Right. I, you know, That's not what he said in that Facebook Live, and it's not what I've read in other places. So we really started to see the tide turn a bit. Yeah. I'm not going to say it's not there anymore, but... We've seen that tide turn a bit. Sure. And, you know, and to, you know, whoever, you know, came before me, you know, to to their um, defense, there's been a shift in governmental communication over the past, I think, five to eight years anyway. You know, because, I mean, the sentiment was no one ever respond to somebody. 
you know, you don't want to do that to now it's again, it's moved to this moral social media is supposed to be social, right? We're supposed to engage. And so, you know, the more we as the organization can engage back with people and yeah. communicate with them, you know, more that, that trust gets built again. Sure. And, and so you, you're right. You do see the tide stern unless we talk about roads or, sure. <laughs> you know, what, whatever the issue of the day may be. And that's a good point. That doesn't mean there aren't issues that people still galvanize around. Sure. Right. And frankly, in my mind, as, as the manager, those are an opportunity to maybe do things that we do a little differently so that we don't have those problems happen again. Right. So it's a learning process it is for a us as well. Process. Yeah. And, and it's a learning, you know, not only is it a learning process for how we operate, but it's also a learning process for how we, you know, communicate things. Because, you know, I don't want it to sound as if I never want the negative feedback. Because sure. there there are certain truths to the negative and, and kind of the critical Absolutely. comments. And so I think it's it's being able to respond back to individuals uh, in a way that, can help simmer things down maybe a little bit. Sure. And, you know, we may not be able to. Um, I mean, it may just reach that frustration level, and, and that's okay. Um, I would agree, and I would say it's probably not necessary to respond to everyone. Correct. I think there's, and I typically only weigh in on an issue if there's misinformation or somebody right. has gone a little bit beyond what I feel is appropriate. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, again, I, I never want somebody to think they can't respond back because sure. please, please do this. The only way sometimes we find out information uh, about what's going on. So we've talked about Facebook. What are the other forms of social yeah. media that we use and how do we engage those ways? Uh, so uh, with Twitter, it's Twitter's a, an interesting uh, bird, right. <laughs> pun intended, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because Twitter gives you the opportunity to directly engage as the business with an individual, whereas Facebook, they have to comment first. And so often with Twitter, I will engage with somebody, um, I've got a keyword search that I use. Right. And so I can engage with people back and forth, you know, if they mention Fairborn, if they mention the area, um, or some of our, you know, landmarks, yeah. um, you know, and it gives me a, a, a different way of engaging. I think I wished, you know, somebody's daughter a happy birthday one day, yeah. you know, and it just made their day, you know, again, when the city communicates to people, it, it's a different perspective. Sure. Um, we use Twitter a lot for emergency purposes, because uh, again, Twitter's in real time and it can right. keep track a little faster. We do it for, um, you know, news purposes. I'll I'll communicate back and forth with the news media, sure. and it's more of like a networking type space. Um, Instagram is probably our least used, uh, so it could use probably the most help. But you know, Instagram is a photograph based. Photograph right? based. Yeah. You know, so it's all about pictures, and so we I try to highlight. Um, just more of the prettier things, I suppose you could say, like sure. parks and, and whatnot on Instagram. And um, and then YouTube, we use it primarily right now for our business side of stuff. Sure. We have a local newspaper mm -hmm. that prints six days out of the year. Yep. Um, how much do we rely on that? What, if, what have you seen with regard to – we have a good relationship with the newspaper, do. so I don't want to say we don't, but – what do you see from an engagement standpoint? That's a that's a more difficult medium to really have in an engagement. It is, you know, we still, you know, I'll still send them information uh, weekly, bi-weekly basis. And I guess our engagement with that is, you know, we will still share their stories, sure. you know, when they, when they produce them. And, you know, they've had some turnover uh, at the newspaper recently. And yeah. so, I mean, it, it has significantly improved and we have seen uh, more stories come out of it and which is, you know, again, great yeah. for us. And, you know, our citizens will still comment, hey, this was seen in the paper. So, I mean, I, I think it's, you know, paper in general is slowly going by the wayside sure. just because of our technology uh, shifts. But um, and even the newspapers have more of a uh, social media presence Correct. now than they ever did. Yeah. You know, so when they put their stuff online, it, it's easier for us to to share that information and, and let people know that, hey, hey the newspaper is still here and, and here's the story that's being told. So if we're being more active in social media, what purpose does our website serve? So the website serves more as a one-stop shop for really all the details that citizens need. You know, it's... I can't do everything on the Facebook channels sure. or the Facebook, the social media channels that we can on the website, such as, you know, access forms and PDFs and documentation and, you know, kind of that nitty gritty 
service type stuff that we offer. Sure. Um, that's the stuff that's on the website. And, you know, that's important because when, yeah. when people need contact information, when they need, um, you know, to fill out a form for a permit or to pay a bill, you know, that's all there on the website. And, and we can't we can't do one or the other without each other. Sure. So we use, you know, social media to get us to the website and then, you know, kind of vice versa. It's a website used to be your primary form of communication, at least for us old guys when, you know, in local government a long time. That's almost, as you said, it's almost like a repository now of, you know, sure. the data that you don't necessarily want to put out all the time. You kind of leave over here and just direct people back to it. It's like a warehouse or a vault, right. so to speak. But for those people that that don't want to use social media, yeah, you know, it, they do use the website and they do have that access to that information. Good. What are some other forms of communication that we use to try to get messages out? Uh, so we have, you know, flyers that will go through the school systems for certain um, kids programming and adult programming. We do the senior center flyers, um, you know, put them up, you know, in other other places around town. The water bill is, oddly enough, a, a huge piece of information. Right. Um, I remember my first year or two here. I never realized how much uh, people read the water bill until I made a mistake in the water bill. (laughs) And it was pointed out to to me by multiple individuals. Um, So I I rely on the water bill to kind of push certain pieces of information. And, you know, we have the brochures in our lobby that, um, you know, we keep we try to keep updated and just the various forms of advertising that that we use. And that's, you know, that's all print media that that is still is still important uh, for a lot of our our population. And that information is a little different because it has to be planned in advance. I mean, the water bill goes out weeks and weeks before it actually Correct. comes to your door. We have to have that information ready. So that's not really the immediate news. That's mm-hmm. just here maybe is something upcoming, yep. reminder about these types of things. Yeah. Yeah, those are all, you know, the water bill is mainly service-oriented information. Right. Um, I think on this last one, we, we talked about the tool shed uh, opening sure. up, um, you know, information about you know, compliance for grass and uh, our our water, um, you know, program that we have. And I mean, so it's just more of our services because it's not in real time. So it's a little bit more difficult to try to plan around. You also, I think we've also put some time in at different local events to Mm -hmm. try to be there to answer questions for people. How does that work? Uh, What kind of response do we typically get for that? Uh, so I think for a lot of our events, it's more of just kind of a presence just to, to let people know who we are again, just to try to put a face to, to their local government sure. and just to show the community that, that we're there and to, to support them. I think one of my favorite ones is the Air Force Marathon event. I mean, there's thousands of people that come through there and, you know, just to show the runners that the city that they're going to be running through is there to support them and uh, to give them a high five or, you know, a goodie bag is is important. And and that sort of rings a bell for me. So let's talk about our social media and all of our advertising communications that we do isn't necessarily just limited to the things that the city is doing. We will also Correct. help get the word out of other, say the schools has an event. We'll certainly work to try to get that information put out through our channels, right? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, we have a lot of things that we communicate, but you know, if we can help an organization get their, a word out about an event or you know, a charity thing that's happening or, you know, the schools. Absolutely. You know, it's anytime we can highlight those, those things, I think it, it makes the community stronger. Sure. And, you know, again, if we're looking at it from an economic development standpoint, it, it makes us stronger as a, an organization, um, you know, just to see that, Oh, the city does see us. They do care about us. Um, and, And it truly is that, I mean, it's, I don't want anybody to think we're just doing it to do it. You know, right. I mean, it, it, it truly is, you know, when, when there's something that's out there, it, I truly do, do care. Um, we shared a story about a gymnast in Fairborn yeah. a couple weeks ago. And, and I mean, I really do get excited when stuff like that happens. Absolutely. And, you know, I don't, I don't know whether that always comes through, uh, but anytime I can share a good story about a local uh, community person, I think that's fantastic. And I think one of the things that we're going to look at in the future is, you know, we've got a lot of good stories to tell mm-hmm. within the city organization yep. that we want to try to let people know about. Um, we've got a lot of folks that 
are from Fairborn that work for Fairborn that I think is a great story. And you shared a piece of information with me a while back that talks about some of the, you know, people think of our police and firefighters as these, you know, all they do is live at the firehouse and the police station. They have lives outside of this. So sharing what they do in their off time is kind of an interesting thing. Yeah. and, And I, you know, I think anytime we can humanize who we are, right. you know, it kind of, again, tears some of those assumptions and barriers down. And so anytime we get the opportunity to do that, I think it's important. Sure. So, it- so we've had sort of a rough time, you know, with COVID, mm-hmm. uh, with everything going on in the country now in the world, what were some of the challenges that we faced over these last couple of years with, you know, we've, we've had a lot of stuff to try to navigate through and, yeah. and navigate about and talk about, some of it not so comfortable. How have we had? <laughs> how have we been able to navigate some of this stuff? So COVID kind of threw us for a loop. Uh, right. You know, it's because it was so new, and we just didn't know. Sure. We just didn't know how to communicate that, and um, so fortunately, be, because we hired uh, Delaney, our graphic designer, uh, that was a significant help to us. Sure. You know, we get a lot of questions of why do we even have a graphic designer? Right. You know, a lot of communities don't have a graphic designer. Why do we need one? And during COVID, it was a significant uh, help for us because I was able to communicate information in a much quicker fashion because she is so good at what she does. And to look at other communities and even groups that I'm a part of that have people who do what I do, you know, it was a struggle because they don't have access to that. And so not only were they needing to communicate the information, they had to create the, the content and, you know, again, just to have that. So, I mean, again, COVID was weird all in of itself. But, you know, I think with some of the other things with, you know, some of the political unrest and, and just the civil unrest that's going on, you know, just being a place of understanding sure. and not trying to create the polarization, I think, is important. Sure. Um, unfortunately, as the government, we have to stay biased anyway right. but, um, or neutral. But I think just to provide that, we hear you. Sure. So two things. One, I want to tell you, say how wonderful Delaney is. And that yeah. was probably one of the greatest things we did was to bring on her in particular. Yeah. And her skill set in general has been over the top. <laughs> uh, our graphics have gone through the roof. Yep. Um, the other thing I want to say is that, you know, we don't have a political agenda here. Uh, and one of the challenges that we had during COVID was that seemed to break along party lines. And there are certain factions of folks that were, every time we put something about COVID, we're like, you know, very negative. Some folks were very positive. And then even online, they'd kind of go at each other in our posts that we would make. Talk a little bit about that. What, how how do we navigate through that? Uh, How do we, you know, it, it is a political issue Right. But we're trying to convey it as just sheer information. How do you walk that line? Yeah, I mean, it, it, so for lack of, I'm not trying to defer, right? You know, but fortunately our orders, right. quote unquote orders, you know, were coming from the state. Right. And so it was more of an obligation for us to share the information that was coming from the state of Ohio, the health department, uh, even the CDC, you sure. know, those larger entities, you know, Yes, we are just sharing the information. This is not, you know, our own political stance. Right. But this is the information that is out there that we have to communicate to people. Right. You know, regardless of whether uh, they believe it or not, they, you know, agree with it or not, or even us, you know, on the other side, you know, we are non-political. We are sharing the information that has been given to us to share. And that is the law. So by all means, we have to follow the law. So. You know, while there may be some folks out there that think we have a political agenda, we're we legally have to follow these certain Correct. rules. So, you know, we're we're not political. We don't have an agenda. We probably, you know, our political opinions probably differ, right? Internally and externally, right? I mean, we don't we don't get into those conversations, and so you know, I think there's a, some folks that believe that you know we have a certain political affiliation or belief system and we tend to stray one way or the other we're straight down the middle yep. right and you know the there were some days when i knew when i posted something i i would just shut my computer off you know <laughs> right. and, and do something else for about an hour because i knew 
the unrest that it would bring. I mean, when we posted about the 4th of July, um, I mean, it's hard to read all of that stuff, knowing it's not my decision. Sure. I can't even fix it. I can't do anything about it. Um, I'm just the one that's communicating uh, the information. uh, And yet I'm the one that has to read all of the, you know, backlash from it. And, and that, that, that can take its toll. And COVID definitely was a a different challenge when a, I've got, I can't get away from it. Right. You know, cause I'm always seeing it. I'm always reading it, you know? So my own anxiety and internal fears that may have been there, you know, kind of had to be put off on the, the side so that I could do my job. Right. And so those are just some of the things that a lot of people don't see or, or even, you know, maybe even appreciate about the person behind the, the other screen. And I think one of the reasons that we're trying to do this podcast is it, what was evident to me during COVID was, let's say, for example, a local group who has no affiliation with the city canceled an event. Yeah. There's a lot of folks out there on social media that thought that the city canceled that event. Right. And were really negative towards the city, <laughs> on, right? right? That led to probably some of the days where you just close the computer, computer yeah, right, and close <laughs> your eyes and you know, try to block it out. But so one of the reasons that we're doing this is to, so that people understand we share information from others, but it does not necessarily mean that it's a city. Thing. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, the, the 4th of July is done by the 4th of July committee. The right. Halloween festival is done by the Hall- or the Chamber. Chamber of Commerce. You know, so I mean, there's so many things that happen within the city that we assist with. Sure. And we communicate because it's a huge event that right. we have a much larger bandwidth and, you know, out- outreach and and. and Impressions and whatever you know, other term you want to call it, to reach more people. And so, when we communicate that, it has a more of an opportunity for people to see it. But it doesn't mean it's our event, right? Um, and I would say tune into later episodes of the podcast when we talk about parks, yeah. recreation, and events because we'll get into some more of that. Yep. How do we, you know, some events are ours, some events are theirs. How do we separate the two, et cetera? Um, I'll ask you a question off the list here because I, I just want to get your reaction. So. <laughs> What's the coolest thing you've had happen on social media oh, through the city channels? Man. You're notorious for if you go to an event and they do a pictures of yeah, yeah. On, on, I'm on, the, I'm on the board. You're always on the board, <laughs> <laughs> which I guess is, you know, it's why you're in social media. Right? That's right. I always find myself on the big screen. Right. That's the coolest thing. So I mean by so if you had like a celebrity has noticed something that you've you've done or have we gotten, you know, uh, I'm using words I don't understand. I says somebody tweeted about the city of Fairborn that's really So cool. we did have, uh, now this is my own personal bias as a Steelers fan. Yeah. So Josh Dobbs, he's one of the uh, backups played for the University of Tennessee. He had mentioned something about Fairborn uh, two weeks ago on Twitter. And I had said, Fairborn, we're a really cool place. And yeah. he retweeted it. And I just thought, there's a national, you know, football star that's retweeting our stuff and he just happens to be a Steeler and I'm happy to be a Steeler fan. (laughs) But you know, some of that kind of stuff happens all the time, but I think one of the the coolest things is more the responsibility that I have. And I mean, it's, you know, I get to be the voice of an organization for a community of 33,000 people. Like not everybody gets to do that. Right. And I get to communicate every day with with people about important stuff and sometimes not important stuff, but you know, that, that's a, that's a big responsibility and it's a huge honor to, to be able to do that day in and day out. And on the flip side to know that I can't take it lightly, right. You know, because anything I say can, will can be, be taken, like <laughs> you know, for the gospel, it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John and Facebook. Right. That's right. I mean, it's right. <laughs> So, you know, just, just the, the weight of the responsibility is, is a, a really cool thing. We've, we learned a valuable lesson a few years ago uh, when it comes to handling a crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, when, there, when bad things happen or negative things happen, and let's say it could be any number of things. I don't want to use a specific example, but it doesn't put the city necessarily in a good light. Correct. How do we react to that? Like, what's the... And what are some of the hard lessons that we had to learn about that type of stuff? So I think with that one in particular, it was, we responded too quickly. Yeah. And, you know, there's, 
there's we can either be quick or we can be right yep. with our response. And sometimes it's better to be right than to be quick right. and to get the information out, especially during a crisis. Um, Which is hard, right? Because in that environment when things are happening and you notice some negativity, personalities get involved, right? And so sometimes you start to get a little anxious and you start to get a little nervous and you feel like you need to get your side of the story out there. Right. Whatever that form that takes at that time, right? So it's hard not to, even personally, when something is happening on social media, I would love to give my first thought out there. I probably wouldn't have my job much longer if I let it out there, right? Because it it wouldn't be a well thought out and a well, you know, it would probably get where it does need to go, right? So that's talk about how difficult that is. I mean, especially with any number of things could happen and people can be really mean. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's. First off, you can't take anything personal, right? You know, because they're not they're not mad at me. Right. I mean, they may be mad at you, but of of <laughs> they're not mad at me. You know, so as someone <laughs> as someone who manages that kind of stuff, you know, it's it's not it's not a personal attack against me. Sure, it has been before, but you know, right. again, you kind of got to put those feelings aside and look at the larger organization as a whole. And, and I think it's important, especially in a bad light crisis for us sure. to understand that whatever message goes out, goes out for all 250 plus employees, right. because we all are the city of Fairborn. That's right. It's not just you. It's not just me. And so when that message gets communicated and we say, we, we is all of us. Right. And so speaking for all of us, having that as the forefront right. will slow us down in the middle of a crisis right. like that. That's an excellent point because we all need to be, at least at the leadership level in this organization, on the same page. Yep. And you become really the clearinghouse and not only just the mouthpiece, but the clearinghouse for anything that gets put out from right. the city, right? And I can understand how that would be hard because let's say something negative happens in the fire department. Mm-hmm. You know, the chief wants to get something on the record, right? right? And so how do you say, oh, hold on a minute. I'll handle this. Right. Uh, Just sit back and relax and, you know, we'll take care of it. Yeah, you know, and and I think it's also also important to understand that now more than ever, social media especially is, I would say, even less than a 24-hour news cycle. Right. I mean, information happens so fast now that... A crisis to us, right. my gosh, and maybe, you know, eight to 12 hours, something else in the world could be a bigger crisis. And so I think just the ability to stop, slow down, catch our breath and say, okay, let's formulate an intelligent response right. that addresses what we need it to address rather than just blasting some information out because, you know, we're anxious. And in that moment, I think is, you know, it's a, sure. it's a much better approach. So why is our social media different than other communities? Why do we do the things we do? Well, again, I think part of it is uh, an engagement purpose because I want I want to make sure that you know people are able to to get the needed information uh, when it is needed in emergency in an emergency. Um, but I like to be different. Uh, you know, I've I've told you many times that I want to I want to be a community that does stuff a community of thirty three thousand people shouldn't be doing. Right. And that includes our, our social media and our communications. You know, if there's something that we can do or we can try that somebody around us hasn't done yet, let's do it. Let's try it. And, you know, if it works, awesome. If it doesn't, eh, we'll figure out, you know, what didn't work and see if we can try it again. I'm a big believer in let's fail fast and figure out and, move. Yeah. you know, do something different and move on. So, I mean, John Maxwell wrote the book, Fail Forward. And, right. you know, and part of that is, you know, learning what didn't work. You know, if it can be revised, revise it and then, you know, try it again. Um, And I'd rather do that than anything else. Which I think makes us really unique only because I know in other communities I've worked in and been a part of, they're afraid to make that mistake. Um, And I think that limits what you do and how creative you can be. And it limits the opportunity to grow, really. Well, and I think it helps that, that you're willing to let us do that. I mean, you're willing to let us fail right. in order to, 
to move forward. And, you know, so, I mean, having that from the top of the leadership and, and that trickle down to us, I mean, I think that's incredibly helpful and to know that, okay, if I try this, I'm not going to lose my job. <laughs> I mean, that, that's, that's really helpful, but you know, I think we're different because I'm not afraid to engage with our citizens. I'm not afraid to have fun. I'm, I'm not afraid to, to add a snarky gif, you know, if, sure. if the need calls for it and, you know, again, it's, it's okay to humanize your voice on social media and, and give your, your brand, uh, a, a character, um, and have characteristics. And, and that, again, that just makes it easier to, and, and we're do. not really trying to embarrass anyone when we do Absolutely that. Absolutely not. not getting personal with the stuff, that, the responses that no. we make. We try to be truthful. And then I, too, enjoy the snarky gift yeah. on occasion. Well, and I think it's, you know, we don't always have to be so serious. Right. And there's enough seriousness and stoicness and, you know, sterileness in government that, you know, if we can have some fun and, and show people it's okay to, to have a good time and just lighten up a little bit, then, sure. you know, let's do it. How do you balance the people on social media that want you to fix their problem right now? Um, and they are, you know, part of being engaged is people have access to yep. us that in most communities they don't have, right? So how do you resolve and, and maybe there's not a way to solve this problem for somebody, but they want you to take action immediately. How right. do you deal with that? So depending on the hour of the day, um, I will typically respond if it's after hours of, I will get to you, you know, get to your question in the morning or I'll pass this information on and then get back with you. Um, sometimes I know the answers to the questions they have and I can respond then. And yeah. I was like, the, well, I didn't expect you to respond at this hour. You know, again, if I'm online, I'll go ahead and make that as sacrifice. It's okay. Um, you know, but there's a lot of things that I don't have answers for. I can't fix for you. Uh, I can't even come close. I deal with communications. I don't deal with roads. I don't deal with plowing. Uh, so really the best that I can do is just pass that information along, you know, explain, I will get back with you or somebody will contact you as much as I can. You know, it's, it's that customer service aspect that sometimes it's hard to deal with because I like to, I like to fix things, Sure, but you know, again, it's, it's not my wheelhouse. And there are also times where somebody's problem may not be solvable right? for whatever reason, whether it's a. You know, you want us to do something that's going to require, you know, a, a bajillion dollars right. to do a fix to it that we're never going to be able to do. Right. Um, and that's kind of hard. How do you, you know, because we really want to be positive. We want to maintain our positivity. We sort of don't want to make people angry to the point where they're, you know, a hater, right. so to speak. <laughs> that, that's a tricky thing. You have to walk a fine line. Well, and I think some sometimes people just want to be heard and to know people are listening. Right. And, you know, there's, there's been a couple of times I've just, I've been in conversation with, uh, you know, somebody just because they needed somebody to talk to. And, you know, I, again, I, I couldn't fix the problem, but just to know somebody was listening and that somebody was actively working on an issue or was willing to even listen sure. uh, about the issue, I think is helpful. Um, and again, sometimes it's, it's not going to work and, I'm not ever going to satisfy. And then there are individual. people that want us to go back to the sterile Facebook days, right. you know, where we just post yeah, we're not doing stuff. That. We're not doing that, right? That's <laughs> Sorry. Like, you'll have to be uncomfortable, I that's guess. That's right. Discontent. You can continue to be, you know, a negative Nelly, I suppose. Well, that's a good segue <laughs> into the, the last question I'll ask you before we sign off is, what do we do with those folks? They're certainly, I think the number is getting less. Yeah. It's reduced. How do we handle those folks? Um. It depends on the day. It depends on the issue, I suppose. But, you know, again, I, I try to listen to their to their comments and their their critiques. And if there's elements of truth in those, we you know, I try to pass them along. And sure. I'll respond as long as the conversation is civil. Uh, once right. it, you know, kind of turns not civil and more accusatory and pointed at me or other people, you know, then it gets right. you know, kind of shut down and... Um, I should probably offer to take, you know, the conversation offline sometimes, but, uh, it, it depends on, it depends on the issue and it really depends on, uh, where that person is going. Cause I can't, I can't delete comments. I was going to ask you to follow up on that. So talk about that. Like we're not able to go in and delete. We things. are not. There are very, uh, small windows of 
our ability to, to delete a comment because we are a governmental organization. Sure. We have to abide by the First Amendment and it's all free speech. Right. And we can get sued uh, if we don't. Right. And um, I don't want to be sued. So we can't block anybody. We can't nope. limit their access to our information. Nothing. Nope. Um, if it's a true troll, like somebody that is just putting out, hey, follow me for this, uh, has nothing sure. to do with like the, the post, um, you know, we can hide the comment. But even then, it can get tricky. Again, there's all kinds of rules. But there are certain uh, amounts of the law that will sure. allow us. Any anytime there is uh, threat, threats, direct threats to uh, somebody within the chat or uh, an individual within the organization, um, we can take action. Um, but and, and you have to keep it clean, right? Mm -hmm. We don't allow for, I mean, we'll hide comments that have profanity and, you know, really get negative. Not uh, if they're profane towards someone else, we will typically hide that post. Correct. Although recently some of those rules have even changed on social um, because it's, those are all opinion based. Right. Cause what I see as offensive, you may not That's see true. as offensive. Uh, so we've actually had to kind of change some of our settings so that some of that stuff has to be allowed. Sure. Um, just from recent court cases. And just to wrap up, I mean, we're not, we don't have anything to hide. Mm -hmm. Uh, we're certainly, uh, to go along with your not being able to comments, we actually have to archive. Yep our social media stuff, right? Because it is technically a public record. Yep. So we have an archiving service we use and it actually, when we signed up for it, went back and archived everything that had already been done. Uh, it didn't, it couldn't archive obviously the things that uh, citizens would have deleted or just regular people would have deleted sure. like their comments or changed things. But, you know, from that point on, we have a record of everything that has been communicated <laughs> in the last three years since I've been here. Wow. Great. So. Anything we missed? Anything you want to add that we've not talked about? Gosh. There's probably a lot. Uh, <laughs> I suppose just remember that I'm a human. <laughs> well, one of the forms of, of communication that we're starting to use is this podcast. So uh, yeah. Talk about your our goals, what you see as our goals for this podcast. How do we see this developing over time? Yeah, so I think, you know, once we finish doing the government ops one, we're going to have another one where it'll be more fun and even more relaxed than this one. And, you know, we want to truly highlight some communities, uh, community people and, you know, get different voices in the mix. And, you know, it's, it's more of a, hey, this is what's happening this week. This is, you know, the event you want to be, uh, make sure you come to or the road construction that's happening, you know, really more of almost like a newscast type thing. Sure. Um, but just have a lot of fun with it. And, and the idea is for this podcast that we're doing now to be kind of evergreen yep. a little bit. Um, so that if anybody wants to find out what is going on at the city, come to the podcast, learn about different departments, right. so on and so forth. Yep. Good. Megan, thanks. This was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Good. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Not bad. You did well. <laughs> you did well. So this has been the Government Office Podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Megan. And we'll see you around town. <laughs> <laughs>